Hello, everybody. My name is Brian Rundle, and this is another edition of Ron's House. As always, I appreciate you downloading and listening. On today's show, we're going to talk about Donald Trump commuting the sentence of his longtime associate, Roger Stone. And we will also talk about the Supreme Court ruling on Donald Trump's tax returns. That and a lot more. Well, I don't know if it's going to be a lot more, but it'll be more. That and more on today's episode of Ron's House. Let's get it started. Well, everybody, he has done it again. The President of the United States continues to defy the laws of, just to defy the law. So on today's episode of Worst President of All Time, Donald Trump commuted the sentence of Roger Stone, a longtime associate and political advisor. He commuted the sentence of the man who was convicted of lying to investigators about his role in the Remember the WikiLeaks? You remember WikiLeaks, of course, um, and they hacked into the DNC and got a bunch of emails, and they were going to release those to the public, and Roger Stone had inside information that that was going to happen. He was also sharing that information with Russian intelligence agents, lied about that, also intimidated witnesses. I think he called one guy up. And said he was going to kill his dog or something like that. I mean, so now Roger Stone has been set free from jail. But don't you worry, hardworking men and women of the FBI. Even though he's going to walk free, he's still going to be known as a convicted felon. That should make you feel great. I mean, your months and months of hard work of doing your job and getting a criminal convicted and sent to jail just like he should be is no longer, but again, don't worry about it. He's going to be known as a convicted felon now. So, guy's almost 70 years old. Do you think he cares that he's going to be known as a convicted felon? I've got this feeling that he doesn't care. i got this feeling that he's laughing, that he is going to serve zero jail time now, even though he absolutely should be in jail. But Donald Trump has done it again. I'll tell you what, though. He's the greatest writer for anybody that talks about him. You know, I'm, I do these podcasts. I talk about him all the time. He's a great writer. He's basically the Bernie Taupin of anybody that can do any sort of broadcast or commentary on him. If you don't know who Bernie Taupin is, Bernie Taupin is the writer for all of Elton John's songs. So he writes all the lyrics, gives them to Elton, Elton puts together the music, he performs it, and they have a great partnership. So basically, anybody that does commentary on Donald Trump is Elton John, minus the money and the Donald Duck costume. I might have some younger listeners, you might not understand that reference, just you can YouTube Elton John, Donald Duck, and it'll pop up, and if you care enough to check it out, you'll know what I'm talking about. There is one guy, though, on the Republican side that I'm starting to admire a little bit more and more, and that's Mitt Romney. He is, you know, one of the few men 
in Congress who's not afraid of Donald Trump, who doesn't bow down to him. If he says something nasty about Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney won't put up with it. If he said something about his wife or his dad, Mitt Romney wouldn't put up with it. Unlike a lot of the other so-called men in Congress. But Mitt Romney did not like this commuting of Roger Stone's sentence. In fact, he tweeted out that it was an unprecedented historic corruption. Then he goes on to say that an American president commutes the sentence of a person convicted by a jury of lying to shield that very president. And that's exactly what happened. That is just unbelievable that he basically protected Donald Trump, did not rat him out, because if you're trying to tell me that he never mentioned anything to Donald Trump about WikiLeaks, you know he did, because Donald Trump, days before it came out, said something big was coming out. The guy can't just keep his big mouth closed. But just like everything else he does, it doesn't matter. He just does whatever he wants. He gets away with it because he has men and women in Congress who let him get away with it. They had their opportunity to get rid of this guy, but they were too scared. And I know a few of them were looking back saying, we made a huge mistake. We should have got rid of him when we had the chance. And I'm just telling you, we've talked about this before. If he somehow wins in November... It's going to be ugly unless, of course, the Democrats can pull off the House and the Senate. Then it's going to be it almost that that might be kind of fun to watch. But I, listen, I don't want I don't I don't want fun watching when it comes to politics anymore. I want regular, just back to normal sort of stuff. I, I'm tired of the reality show that this president is putting on. It's embarrassing to the country. Somebody else not too thrilled about this unprecedented move by Donald Trump was Robert Mueller. You remember him? You remember Bobby M? He led an investigation on the Russian interference into the 2016 election that Donald Trump, of course, called a hoax and a witch hunt. Again, people don't realize, people don't understand that the initial inquiry was about the 2016 election. And if Donald Trump's name just happened to pop up, in there, then it warrants being investigated. It wasn't initially brought up to go after Donald Trump. But anyway, Robert Mueller is back in the news. He wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post basically calling this out and saying how ridiculous it was and that uh, he was convicted and he is a criminal and he should be in jail. So... Last year, the Democrats wanted to call Robert Mueller in front of the Senate, and Lindsey Graham basically turned that down and said, nah, I've seen enough of Robert Mueller. I don't need to hear from him anymore. But he's had a change of heart, apparently, after the op-ed in the Washington Post. He now says that he will allow Robert Mueller to testify in front of the Senate regarding his report. Now, I'm not really sure that's something that we need to see, to be quite honest with you. I mean... I really Robert Mueller, by all accounts, is a very good and decent human being. He is well respected through every channel, every person in Washington. But the guy basically put together a two-year investigation, Russian interference in the 2016 election. There were many instances that came out that Donald Trump had at least obstructed justice. So 
Two years comes out, the whole thing wraps up, everybody's excited, and by the time it all ends, he basically just goes, okay, you know, you guys, let Congress figure it out now. Peace. I'm out of here. And it's kind of like, wait, that's it? That's everything? You know, it's like your favorite author coming out with a new novel, and it's very, everybody's anticipating it coming out. And you read the whole thing, and when it got to the end, the author just says, okay, you know what? You guys just figure out the end on your own. Really didn't feel like it was my job to complete the end of this novel. Hold on, wait, what? That's basically what Robert Mueller said. He basically said, okay, I did my job, now you guys figure out the rest. And it was really disappointing. And then he was called to testify in front of the House. So you're thinking, okay, this is going to be good. Let's hear what Robert Mueller has to say. And I have to admit, most of the time I had no idea what the heck this guy was talking about. He really didn't say anything. And again, he basically deflected and he kind of stumbled over his words. So I'm not really sure what insight Robert Mueller is going to bring again to the Senate. Now, will I watch it? 100% I would watch it. But You know, the only thing I'm afraid of is that everything seems to be going good right now. And even though it was warranted, the Democrats impeaching Donald Trump could have backfired on them because of the way it was initially handled. You know, some people complain that they should have gone through other channels and not try to rush it. And it looked as if that could have backfired on them. However, Now you got the coronavirus, you got George Floyd, you got this Russian story, which by the way, where is this story? This better not disappear. We better be hearing more about this in the news in the upcoming weeks. You remember the coronavirus was, you heard nothing but the coronavirus in the news every single day until George Floyd. Well, that came along and the coronavirus just kind of disappeared. But now it's back in the news. That's the same thing we need to happen with this Russian story because that story does not need to be going away. But anyway, I'm afraid that if they call Robert Mueller, it's going to give fodder to Donald Trump and his idiots again to yell out hoax and get these people who because, again, let's face it. We know who we're voting for. They know who they're voting for. But there are people in the middle who somehow still don't know who they're voting for. That I can't understand. How could we be four months away from the election and you've watched almost four years of Donald Trump do really nothing except for divide the country, have practically half the people that have ever worked for him in these four years call him a moron and call him terrible, and is in a new scandal every week, how could it possibly still be a toss-up? See, that kind of stuff concerns me. But even if you were going to vote for Donald Trump, you should have your mind made up by now, but people still do get confused. I mean, in this day and age with social media and you have family members and you have all kinds of people in your ear about who to vote for and why you should and why you shouldn't. I mean, everybody's not into this as much as maybe I am or you are or whatever it is. Everybody doesn't follow politics every day. And listen, you know, I I don't blame anybody for not doing it. I think it's important. I think you should be following up on this stuff at least a little bit. And and when I say a little bit, I mean enough to understand what you're voting for and why you're voting for it. Not just because you think Donald Trump was cool on The Apprentice or just because Joe Biden was Barack Obama's vice president. You know, have an idea 
as to why you're voting for a candidate. You know, there are a lot of people that have an idea as to why they're not voting for a candidate this time around. And usually that's something that I would sort of rail against. But in this particular president, you know, I'm voting for Joe Biden because I like Joe Biden. And, of course, because I'm a Democrat. I mean, that's the party line that I fall under. Me personally, if we can get rid of the entire party system, I'd be okay with that and let people just run on their own policies and on their own merit. But I happen to line with more of the Democratic Party than I do the Republican Party. And I definitely line way more with the Democratic Party than whatever party is going on now on that other side. That's not the Republican Party. That's just a complete takeover, and it has turned into a cult that is beyond bizarre. I wonder how the cult feels about their leader wearing a mask, though. That must disappoint them at least a little bit. Have you seen that old Donnie boy donned a mask the other day? And I think finally he's giving in to what scientists and doctors are saying. Had he done this four or five months ago, we would have a lot less deaths. Yeah, instead of reporting the numbers, which he doesn't want us to report the numbers so there'll be less cases, there would have been less cases had he just told everybody, listen, just wear a mask for a little bit. Let's all stay indoors. Let's wash our hands. Let's get rid of this thing. And let's go on and win the presidency again in November. He would have had an actual chance. I mean, I know he still does, but he would have had a real chance to win again had he done that. Had he led the country and put all the politics aside and got everybody on the same page, he'd be in pretty decent shape right now. I hate to say it. I mean, he really would be. I'm not happy, as I've said before, that people are dying and that people are getting sick from this thing. But because of the way Donald Trump has handled this, he might have played himself right out of any chance of winning again in November. And for that, I'm thrilled. And speaking of the coronavirus here in Florida, I mean, once again, another record-breaking day of cases in the state of Florida. And they're getting ready to come here to play basketball. They're going to be playing baseball, which I, listen, I want it to happen, but it doesn't seem like it's a good idea. Walt Disney World opening again. I mean, that seems like the worst idea, especially now in the state of Florida. They just broke the one-day record of 15,300 cases previously held by California, which has almost double the population as the state of Florida. Now Florida holds the record. I'll tell you, the state... They love being in the news for the worst possible things you can be in the news for. It's just, it's crazy. And of course, our governor has already stated, we're sending your kids back to school, full classes, full everything. And there certainly are a lot of people not very happy about it. And that includes teachers. A lot of teachers are not very happy that they're being forced back into work during a pandemic. Some of these teachers are not the youngest teachers in the world, even the younger teachers you know, if you have any kind of health conditions, you know, it, it to send you back into a workspace where children are loaded with germs. Sure, they may not get sick, but they can easily pass along a virus and, uh, and without even knowing it. Our not so brilliant governor here, Ron DeSantis, threw out a doozy. He, of course, compared going to school. If you can go to Walmart and you can go to Ho Home Depot, I don't understand why you can't go to school. Does he really not understand the difference between going to Home Depot for maybe 30 minutes or Walmart for maybe even 45 minutes as opposed to cramming in a bunch of germ-infested kids for seven, eight hours a day. It, 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 the stupidity 
and this is stupidity coming from our leaders. That just, it's mind-blowing. It, it, it truly is. And I know Florida's not the only state. Georgia and Texas, they're certainly giving us a run for our money. It's certainly not a, a race we want to win, but I think right now we're in the lead, unfortunately. Anyway, finally, let's wrap up. There was a big story on Thursday where the Supreme Court of the United States issued two rulings. One that basically said that the Southern District of New York can get a hold of Donald Trump's tax returns so they can continue to investigate in what role he may have played in the illegal campaign contributions. You remember that one, the same one that landed Michael Cohen in jail, the same one that experts said had Donald Trump not been the president, he would have been indicted in giving campaign money as hush money to Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal, a porn star and a Playboy model, both of whom he was having an affair with. One, Stormy Daniels, while his wife was pregnant with his now son, Baron. Somehow Christian women love this guy for some reason, but That's a whole nother show. But anyway, so the ruling was passed down and two of the Supreme Court judges who ruled not in Donald Trump's favor happened to be two of the judges that were appointed by Donald Trump, Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh. I cannot imagine the meltdown Donald Trump had when he found out that two of his boys ruled against him. Neil Gorsuch did it again, too, the week before when they gave the ruling that employers could not discriminate against the LGBT community. But anyway, Thursday seemed like it was going to be a big celebration. I got the news, and I'm like, oh, this is great news. This Everything's going to go down now. This is going to be fantastic. And then I hear the news that the Supreme Court makes the decision. Now it's going back down to a lower court. And I'm just shaking my head, and I'm going, wait. I thought the Supreme Court was the ultimate judge, was the ultimate decider. Once you hit the Supreme Court and they give a ruling, it's done. But now I'm hearing that it's going down to a lower court so they can continue on with this mess. So it's now my understanding that the Southern District of New York can get the tax returns and they can continue on with their investigation, but... It's possible they're not going to be able to get these tax returns for a long time because it's going to be held up in this lower court. Same with the Democrats are not allowed to see his tax returns in order to proceed with any investigation that they're trying to do with the president that includes his tax returns because that's going to be held in a lower court. And by all accounts, there's absolutely no chance that we see these tax returns before the election and there's a possibility we may not see it for a long time. And even worse, there's a possibility we may never see them at all. So I really don't understand when the highest court in the land makes a decision. And that's not really the ultimate decision. It's kind of like your favorite team winning the Super Bowl and they're out on the field and they're cheering and they're clapping and somebody comes up and goes, well, you can understand you got to win a couple more games. And they're like, what? wait a minute, didn't we just win? The ultimate game? Yeah, but you got to go down and you got to play a couple more teams. And once you win those, then we may acknowledge you as the Super Bowl champions. And it's possible we may not ever acknowledge you as a Super Bowl champ. And they're kind of like, well, okay, then what did we just do all this for? So 
I, listen, I'm not an expert in the law by any means, and obviously there are guidelines and there are protocols that have to be gone through, but this one I don't understand. I, the Supreme Court says it right there, and that Supreme, to me, means the pinnacle. It's done, but apparently it's not. So getting our hopes up on seeing these tax returns may be short-lived because it's very possible we may not see them. In fact, our best chance of seeing them may not be from the courts. It may not be from the Southern District of New York. may not be from the Democrats. It may be from a really good journalist who at some point is going to get their hands on it. It may leak out to a journalist possibly or however they get their hands on it, but Will we see them at some point? I think we probably will. Are we going to see them at a time where it's going to matter, at, as in before the election? No chance. They've all but stated that already anyway. But, you know, what could possibly be in these tax returns that is freaking Donald Trump out so much about people seeing them? I mean, it could be from as little as he doesn't want people to see that he really isn't a billionaire he probably doesn't have anywhere near close the money that he pretends to have. Or is it way, way worse? And it's very possible. And there's a lot of people who do think it's way, way worse. But for now, I think we just got to focus on the election in November. Keep the lead that we have. And we have to extend it as much as we can. Because quite frankly, I'm not convinced that this is a shoe-in. It looks good right now, but anything can change Anything can happen. I've stated this before. You know, the Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons were playing in the Super Bowl a few years back. They were up 28-3 to against the New England Patriots in the third quarter. You think to yourself, I don't even have to watch the rest of this game. I'm going to go home, go get some sleep. And if you did that, you woke up the next day and you found out that the Patriots came back and won. So anything can happen. So we got to be vigilant we got to make sure we are doing our part and doing everything we can to not be stopped from going to the polls and taking this idiot out of office. Anyway, I want to thank you guys once again for listening. I always appreciate that you download my podcast and take a good 20, 30 minutes out of your day to listen to me drone on for a little while. Again, if you can, subscribe to my podcast in whichever way you listen. You can find me, of course, on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, Ask Alexa. I'm on all that stuff. So find me there. And if you can, I'll ask you again to give me a, a nice review and a rating. If you could help me out there, I'd really appreciate it. I will be back again with a special episode on Wednesday. There's a new podcast out there that I enjoy, O4F's sake. I brought it up before. The boys from that podcast will be joining me, so I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, we'll be back on Friday with another edition of Bar Talk. Thank you guys again for listening, and I will talk to you again soon. Peace.